This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. Berlin is a majority minority city. It's an overwhelmingly immigrant city. So I just really want to make sure that everybody feels seen and heard and that their histories and themselves are reflected in our spaces. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Danika Thurston, the brand new director of the Lynn Museum and Lynn Arts, and sort of a longtime friend of ours at the Mass Cultural Council, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but welcome to our program, Danika. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, um, you know you've been at a place a long time when you could look at sort of almost a life story <laughs> and a career trajectory of some people we've known some time. So Danica, actually, uh, our first intersection was when, and they wrote this, when she was a youth. <laughs> you still are very youthful, Danica. Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Danica was in one of our creative youth development programs, uh, Raw Arts Up in Lynn as one of the youth participants in that program. And fast forward to today, new director of the Lynn Museum. So I want to first uh, let, talk about your story, your personal story, and how you were involved and what your experience at RAW uh, contributed and how that took you to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Lynn. Um, so RAW's in my hometown. I think it was the summer of my, summer before my junior year of high school. I had some trouble at home and trouble at school and I just wasn't really finding an outlet and was resorting to self-harm and having a really hard time with that. And I came across a flyer for the film school and I thought, hey, you know what? I'll just apply and see what happens. And it was like the best summer of my life. I met so many different people and I mean, I, I, don't, I don't consider myself a film expert, uh, but it was just fun to learn a new craft and then and from there, I continued on in film school and I ended up joining Women to Be, uh, which is meant for high school girls um, at Raw Artworks. And then my senior year of high school, I actually became a Raw Chief. Um, so I was helping mentor the youth and assisting the art therapists uh, with an after school program uh, twice a week. So then what happened? Then, uh, Raw nominated me for the Posse Scholarship, and I was actually the first Posse Scholar from Raw and for the city of Lynn. And then I went on to Bucknell University, where I got my bachelor's in history, and then I returned to Lynn to get my master's in history from Northeastern. And so just recently, uh, you were appointed as the director of the Lynn Museum. What does that entail when you really take over the reins of an organization like that? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. So I actually worked at the Lynn Museum prior. I volunteered a summer in college when I was kind of figuring out if museums were an arena that I wanted to explore. And then while I was in grad school, I became a graduate intern and then they hired me as a programs assistant. So I kind of worked my you way, knew up your way around. Yeah. And then I was at the PPD Essex Museum for almost five years. And then this opportunity kind of came up. And about a year ago, I had kind of talked talked about, like, maybe one day I'd want to be the director of the museum. Uh, and so here, here I am, which is kind of crazy. I've got my dream job at 29 and running a museum and an arts building. Uh, it's a lot of work uh, day to day, uh, painting walls, patching up things. It's a super small team, uh, fundraising, um, just making sure a lot of our studio tenants are happy in our art space, um, and really just celebrating all that downtown Lynn has to offer. What's the scariest part? The ghosts. Oh. <laughs> I did not expect that answer. Yeah, there's definitely some spooky happenings in the museum that I experienced before uh, while I was working there as a part-time okay, staff more. member. We want to hear about this. Um, so 
in the library, I was working uh, with some of the, the photos in our archive and I'd heard a female voice humming. And I thought that maybe it was one of our vendors, Tim, playing a trick on me. But I was actually the only person in the space at the time. So a few months go by and we had an event rental and um, it was busy in the first floor. So I ran up to the third floor to use the bathroom because nobody was up there. It was pitch black because I was too lazy to turn on the lights. As soon as I go to open the bathroom door, I hear that same voice, that same humming, but right behind me. So I immediately leave and I run downstairs and I'm like, oh, my God, did that just happen? But since I've returned, I've heard um, there's a second floor classroom that's right underneath the director's office. They've heard the piano playing at random times. Nobody else is in the building. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some some characters in, in the building. Wow. That's an amazing story. So I don't know how many museum directors discovered that as they're walking <laughs> in. Into, I was thinking more about what scares you about the challenges facing you in running a small museum, everything from the fundraising to sort of the vision, to working with the board, to, you know, developing the strategic plan. I'm sure you have all of this on your plate. Right. It's, it's a lot of work. I think within my first two and a half weeks, I was experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome um, just because I am 29. It's like, am I old enough to do this work? Do I have enough experience? I'm also their first director of color. So I feel like that's a big challenge. I know I have the experience. I've worked really hard. Um, so it's just, I'm, I'm tough on myself. So it's not only the, the burden that I have of all the work that I need to do. It's all the burden that I put on myself personally. Um, so I think. And how do you deal with that? How do you handle that? I cook a lot. Uh, I go out with friends. I dance. I just try to, to, you know, remain positive and find different things to keep me going. And then I also just try to find the happy moments in the day and just appreciate that while I am young, I've, I've accomplished so much. And I really need to appreciate that and celebrate that and empower people like myself uh, to do the work and, and to know that they can also be successful and achieve their dreams. So of the various things that I mentioned that are no doubt on your plate, uh, what is uh, the most vexing at the moment? Managing an art space. Um, I've managed staff before. That's fine. But managing a building with tenants, um, the building itself needs a little bit of work, a little bit of love. Uh, we will be applying for the Capital Facilities Fund grant. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a new skill. But um, there's a lot of folks here to help me. And we have a great management company that we're working with. Uh, but it's just making sure that the artists feel respected and valued and celebrated in the work that they're doing, because there's a lot happening in downtown Lynn. And I just I don't want folks to feel like they've gotten forgotten. How about um, as a new director, uh, cultivating um, a positive and productive relationship with the board? How are, you, how are you working on that? It's been going great. I actually just had my second board meeting last night. Um, and part of my interview process, uh, the final interview was actually a presentation to the entire board. Um, I actually know a few of the board members from when I used to work there previously. So it definitely feels like a homecoming. I've gotten overwhelmingly positive response, both from the board and from the community. Um, so it's, it's nice to know I have a lot of people in my corner who want to see me succeed. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I have a board that wants to grow with me and grow with the organization. And so what, talk a little bit about your vision, your vision for the Lynn Museum. Where, where do you want it to be in five years? Five years. Um, I'd love for us to have a more unified name. I think Lynn Museum, Lynn Arts, it's a little scattered. Uh, it's something we're working on, definitely working on our website, uh, kind of a rebrand refresh. But I really just want us to be more accessible to the community and more of a steward for the community. Our collection is largely colonial, speaks a lot to the shoe history of Lynn, but it doesn't speak to the recent populations. Um, Lynn is a majority minority city. It's an overwhelmingly immigrant city. So I just really want to make sure that everybody feels seen and heard and that their histories and themselves are reflected in our spaces. 
you are a rarity as a museum director and a person of color. Talk about that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, It's definitely challenging, but I feel like because of them, we can. Um, So while I might feel overwhelmed certain days, I know that my being here and my being in this position of power is really opening other people's eyes to what they can achieve and what they can be. You know, when I think, especially in the history field, which is probably an area that is most uh, unrepresented or Mm -hmm. underrepresented uh, by people of color in leadership or quite frankly, in any staff or mm-hmm. position. Um, and so many of our organizations in Massachusetts, probably no doubt across the country, whether it's art museums or history museums, a lot of their collections, a lot of the stuff that mm-hmm. is part and parcel of the exhibitions are really the products of white privilege. Yeah. So how does your lens, how are you applying that to the Lim Museum? I think we need to be open and honest about the founding of our institution, that it was, you know, a wealthy merchant class that decided that with these waves of immigration that they needed to preserve that history there. Um, So being open and honest about that and then being open to taking in new things into our collection that speak to, like I said, the recent populations and the recent histories that are there. Uh, Really celebrating um, the prominent Black families um, and Black politicians and athletes in the Lynn community um, that have been super successful but have kind of just fallen by the way side. Nobody's really sharing those stories. So we're really excited to be doing that. And how do you see the role of the museum uh, in the community to help the community be more inclusive? I feel like, you know, we have to be a community advocate. Uh, Lynn is really changing. It's one of those cities that's always had potential, but I feel like that potential is finally being capitalized on. Um, For good or for bad, we have a lot of uh, developers coming in. Um, There's a huge displacement issue. Um, The homelessness issue is is rising as well. Um, So just letting the community know that there's a space for them. Um, We hear them, we see them, we value them. um, And, you know, we want, I'm trying to think of the word. I feel like placekeeping, it's it's placekeeping. That's what we want to do is placekeeping, not placemaking. We recognize that there are so many people here who have been here before us and who will come after us. But, you know, the Lynn Museum and Lynn Arts can be that, that champion in the community. Well, I can say that that museum is very fortunate to have your energy and your inspiration. And we are delighted to have you here on our podcast. Danika Thurston, director of the Lynn Museum, Lynn Arts, another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.